Hi, friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host for today, Dana Street, and I'm joined by our two wonderful guests this semester, Peggy Williams and Leslie Hollowell. In today's lesson, as part of our spring Bible study, All That Matters, Walk Worthy, the message of Colossians and Philemon. Paul encourages us to rejoice in seasons of suffering, and he tells us that Jesus is the one in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There is no situation or circumstance where he is not enough. As our identity statement this week says, in Christ we are rich, we have everything we need. And that is so true. If you know Jesus, you are rich indeed. You're listening to The Afterword. Well, thank you so much, Peggy and Leslie, for joining us on the podcast once again. We have gotten so much encouraging feedback from last week's episode on discouragement and depression. One listener who reached out ask if we could recommend any other podcast for them to listen to. So I thought we might open up with your suggestions. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think for me, I do a lot of traveling back and forth to take my little boy to school. So I love podcasts. And depending on what you are, I guess, in the moment for, but there's mm-hmm. one that I love called Women Worth Knowing. And it's such a great one because it just goes through the history of so many biblically grounded women who changed the world. And for me, I love that one because they encouraged me, but every one of them went through suffering. So I think mm. when, you, you know, they always share their hardships they went through in the midst of coming out on the other side and what God did for them. So Women Worth Knowing is a really great one in well, my that opinion. That sounds great. I haven't heard of that one. Oh, you'd love it. And she's more the podcast, but I will just go YouTube And Lisa Harper is such an encouragement. Oh, is she not? She is a joy to listen to, and she has got so many things on YouTube. Susie Larson has had so much suffering in her life and Mm -hmm. is so grounded in the Bible. And Nancy Lee DeMoss Wagamoth has a bunch of teaching, just free, like YouTube. YouTube it. So... Well, and Lisa Harper actually has just started a brand new yes, podcast. Yes, she has. Yes. <laughs> and that would be a great one for someone to listen to as well. Well, in today's lesson, we took a deep dive into the riches we have in Christ. And we looked at the value of suffering, the value of serving, the value of hope, the value of transformation, and the value of community in our lives. And regardless of what season we are in, the value of the riches that we have in Christ Mm. never change. Seasons in life change, but Jesus never changes. Amen. And you know, I can look back over my life and by the time you get one season down, you move into an, I mean, you know, by the time you think you are the best toddler mother ever, kindergarten comes along and you're wiped out because, oh my goodness, it's a whole new season in life. And it just continues on. You know, you by the time you figure out elementary school and what it's like to parent kids in elementary, then high school hits. Oh my goodness. You know, and then it's, So many other seasons, you know, and there's seasons that are really, really difficult, but Jesus never changes. So today we want to talk about some of the seasons in life that can be challenging, especially for women. Mm. And that's the season of being single, being divorced, 
and then experiencing the death of a spouse and becoming a widow. So let's begin with the season of being single, because as I was thinking about this, yesterday was Valentine's Day, and I know that is a really hard day for a lot of women who are single. So what are some of the challenges that women face with being single? I know you, Leslie, you were how old when you got married? I was one month before I turned 38, so I was 37 Almost 38. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you could speak to some of those challenges. I can. I can. You know, I love that you're talking about seasons because I call that my season of singleness. And if you would have told me in my early 20s that I wouldn't get married till nearly 38 years old. But during that season, it came with a lot of tears, a lot of pain, but a lot of joy. I think it's Charles Spurgeon mm-hmm. that says the greatest university for a Christian is their trials and their suffering. You know, and to me, sometimes that singleness was suffering, but it also pushed me to know Jesus more. It made mm-hmm. me more dependent on him. I have a husband now who adores me and who would do anything for me, but almost has taken away that comfort of needing my Savior as much as I needed him in that season. So some of the things that I really feel like the Lord taught me was Every Monday night for years, I had what I called a date night with Jesus. Mm. And I sat with my Bible and I sat with my commentaries and my legal pads. I didn't even have a computer back then, back in my 20s. And let him remind me of who I was in Christ. And I did that for years also because I was teaching a Tuesday night Bible study to a bunch of high school and college kids. But for me, that was my university. Like, I made it through that season and would never go back because of the things the Lord taught me in that season. So let me ask you, because I was talking with someone recently who is single, and she said one of the most difficult things for her to deal with is when her friends, it seemed like they all got married and she was not married. How does she deal with her friend group. Do you have any recommendations or some words of wisdom for people on both sides, those who are getting married and you don't want to lose those friendships? You know, I mean, I think you have to be intentional with those friendships, but you also have to recognize that they are changed. There's a little different dynamic to that, having your friend with a husband. But also, I found such great joy in asking some of the older married women. I went out to eat. I would say, can I take you to coffee? Can I do this? You know, can I come to your house and we'll just sit and talk? Because that encouragement, like I had so many women who encouraged me in my singleness because they were able to remind me like, these are things that are harder to do in your marriage years. We want you to be married. We're praying for your husband. But don't forget those things that you're getting to do. I traveled all over the world. I was an elementary school teacher. So during my summers, I worked with camps and I went, you know, all over the country on mission trips. Now that I'm married and have a son, that is a difficult thing to do in this season of life. So I don't know if that really... No, that does, because enjoying the seasons that God has us in. But I know that being single, especially the older you get... It didn't come without a lot of tears. I mean, you know, for me, it might be, okay, I'm going to another wedding. I cried it out the night before and wrestled out with the Lord and then got up and put my smile on and went... There is that hurt, you know, because you do have that alone feeling. Yes. yes. But that is, again, something that should push you to the Lord, and yes. you cry with Him. Yes. You don't try to suppress it because He knows your heart yes. and your longings. And you do not isolate. Right. I think 
that's one of the things that as I was listening to, I was thinking, Leslie didn't isolate. She didn't pull back. You ran to other people who then invested in your life. And I do think that was a game changer because, I mean, I'm, I'm a people person by nature. Um, but the enemy wants you to stay. And the deeper you can get into your depression of sadness, then the harder it is to kind of come out of that. Not that you won't have seasons of that. Mm. And that's what I mean. I remember a time where I laid on the bed crying and said, God, don't you care? Don't you care that I'm lonely? Mm. Don't you care? Honestly, the next day was when I met Ronnie. So I was like, okay, you do care. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but I was 36 at the time, you know, so you had to wrestle that out with the Lord. Yeah. I have a friend who didn't get married until she was in her 50s. And I was talking with her yesterday and I said, so, did people say things to you? She said, okay, let me just tell you a couple of things you do not say to friends who are single. Do not say, what kind of baggage do you have? Hmm. <laughs> she said, I literally had somebody say, look, you must have some baggage in your life to still oh, you know, wow, be yeah. single. Don't say that. Or don't say, aren't you just being picky? Oh, yes. You know, and th so what are some encouraging things that can be said to women who are still, if you are married or you know somebody who is, maybe you're not even married, but you're just trying to encourage somebody who is walking through singleness, what are some encouraging things? I would just say, do not waste a single season. Yes. Do not I waste that, it. Peggy. Because when you know the Lord, God will meet you there and teach you things. I believe you couldn't learn any other way, so do not mm. waste it. I mean, those seasons are painful. We're going to have seasons the rest of our life, in yes, and out, in and out, in and out. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to waste it. I don't want to go through that much pain and not have anything to show for it. Mm -hmm. And so don't waste it. Like, so well, plant well. And those friends that you're collecting all of their bridesmaid dresses, you know, yeah, keep those friends, but cultivate some new friendships. And I also went to older women, like, just teach me. Like, I would sit, I would ask them for lunch, and I would cultivate other relationships and pray and just spend time with the Lord. Lord, you've got me on a different plan. Let me learn in this. Because He always teaches us in one season what we need for the next season. So to yes. be aware of that. That's awesome. So how about those women who find themselves single again through divorce? It's a completely different season. It is a, probably has to be one of the toughest seasons for a believer to walk through. It's a different kind of grief. So I know that you both counsel women who are going through and have been through divorces Tell us what some of the things are that they're going through. So to help those of us who are not divorced to understand how we can come alongside them. Well, I would like to say that is not the unpardonable sin. I cannot yes. tell you how many women believe that, that they think they are forever second class because they've gone through a divorce. That is not true at all. Amen. And there's such shame attached to that in the church. Yes. And nobody waits to hear your story like People don't know their stories. Like they may have been really sinned against. And I mean, it's not always they sought it, but they bear the shame of it, which is an interesting thing. But the church, I think, just needs to come alongside those women. And we need to include them, not just everything's so couple oriented. And just to have friendships, I mean, with other women. We need other women so badly in different stages of life, different ages. We do. Mm. It makes such a difference. You know, during my years of singleness, two of my best friends from college, they were my cheerleaders in singleness, mm. and I got to cheer them on in marriage. But unfortunately, the month after I got married, 
both of them ended up getting divorced mm-hmm. from their husbands. And I've been able to love them, but I've learned so much from them, you know, and how that pain and having to heal from that and running to the Lord in that season. Going back, my friend Emily, she like moved in her and her daughter with a mentor couple, and they were able to mentor her financially, to help her get on her feet, to get into counseling. Like, I think so much of it is, is what you said, running to people who are going to have your back to know you don't have to do that. And she has told me year after year after year, you know what? I've got a God who fills in the gaps. Mm, I've got a God who fills in the gaps and fills in the gaps for my daughter and fills in the gaps for me. So I've learned so much from her in that season. And one of the things we have here at Bellevue is we've got a ministry, The Source. Yes. And this past Sunday, we actually had a big Valentine's Day brunch for single moms. I love that. Because that is a tough, tough time when you're giving out and you're giving out and giving out all the time to others. And you feel like many times people are not investing back in you. And oh my goodness, it was such a joyful time. Sunday, just coming alongside those ladies, getting to love on them. We had a great time with them, but it's a great ministry. Susan Watson actually is over that ministry here at Bellevue. And she just, she loves on those single moms. She's been a single mom and she knows exactly what those ladies need. And so she does a great job. So I would encourage any single moms that are out there listening to reach out and get involved in the source. If you're anywhere, you don't have to be a member of Bellevue. Anyone here in Memphis can mm-hmm. actually participate. Yeah, that's just a word too for don't go at it alone. Yes. You know, it's yeah. so easy again to isolate and to feel like you're the only one going through that. But there is just so much healing that comes, number one, from counseling. Peggy and I are big from counseling. Yes. Number two, from community, mm-hmm. you know, and those counseling moments and community moments that point you back to Christ. Yes. Those are so important to help with the healing because there is hurt. There's so much hurt that comes along with that. And you think about a single again. I mean, they've got their mom, their dad, they're working full time. Mm -hmm. They're doing the repair. I mean, they're doing every single thing and they're exhausted. And, you know, simple things the church could come along like, let me have your kids for a little bit. Let me take your kids. You take a break. Let me help you with a party for your kids. I mean, they're struggling financially. Most of them are. And the church, just simple little kindnesses Mm -hmm. could Uh, help them. I know a lot of single moms here, like when their kids are going to camp, there are people who come alongside and make that possible for them. And I do think that we have a responsibility as the body of Christ. Yes. Yes, we do. To love on those who are going through difficult seasons. And many of us, whether we've been through a season of divorce or not, We've all been through a difficult season. And if we haven't been through a difficult season, well, there's a chance that one's just around the corner. Absolutely. And we need to love on others the way that we would want to be loved on or the way we would want our children or our parents to be loved on going through that difficult season. Well, and then there's that third season that really is a tough time. Mm -hmm. And the past couple of years going through COVID, there have been So many women, it seems like, that have lost their husband. This has been hard because of a lot of the isolation that has gone on and that's been there in all of the grief. Women who really didn't even get to stay in the hospitals with their husbands for extended periods of time like you would normally think. And so I think that that has really 
piled on with a lot of women that are walking through grief. But let me ask you, Peggy, I know that you deal with a lot of women who are walking through grief. Can you just kind of give us some insight into what they are going through and how we can help love on them? Um, So many Christian women who've lost their husbands, they are scared to cry. They feel like that's an absence of faith. And the first or a sign thing, of weakness. Sign of weakness. Yeah. And the first thing I'll say, you need a good cry. You need a good cry. You know, there's a scripture that says the Lord saves our tears in a bottle. He collects them. And the scripture seems like he knows what each one is for. And I had pondered that so many times. I go, Lord, why would you save all our tears? Whatever. Anyway, so I looked it up. And did you know there's tears of lubrication, which are just like tears? God knows those are lubrication tears. And there's tears of happiness. But the tears of anguish and grief have a different chemical composition. I did not know that. Is that the coolest thing? So our creator did that. And he knows specifically which ones are ones of pain. I mean, he knows it anyway, but he knows specifically by chemical composition, by their, and those are the ones he's collecting. And he knows the reason for each tear. And I never just cry one tear. He knows the reason for each one of those tears. Mm. So I tell widows who are Christians, it is not a sign of lack of faith. It's a sign of your love for that person. It's mm. a release of toxins. It's a cleansing. Of mm. But I can't tell you how many people will say, I must not have faith. And then they want it to be over quickly. And I go, this is a process. And it's a longer process because of COVID, because we grieve in community better mm. and we haven't had community. Mm. And so they're all alone at home, reliving everything. One of the things, and I've not experienced this, sometimes I look at it and I go, teach me. Teach me what you're feeling. Teach me how that feels or whatever. And so many tell me about ambush grief, which knocks them off because they'll say, I'll be doing really, really well. And then I'll be in the grocery store and I'll see the cereal he liked or whatever. And I'll just be a bucket of tears mm. in the grocery store. I go, that's ambush grief. And don't be scared of it. Just go with it. Don't try to hide it. Don't just go with it. Let the Lord comfort you in the middle of it. So I think it takes so much longer and we need, and we have just a wonderful class here at Grief Share of just a group of men and women. I go, it's great biblical teaching. You hear stories. You don't have to say a word if you don't want to, but just sitting in a room of people that they're suffering too. And I said, so get a community. Again, it's that word. It's your word. (laughs) But get a word of people. You don't have to explain all your stuff, but just sitting in the presence of others who are hurting It's very comforting when you're hurting. And I think there's something about feeling like you're not alone when you are with people who have experienced a similar emotion, who are going through a similar season. And that's a lot. Sometimes we need to get out of that particular community for a while. We don't just need to stay there. But there is something healing about having those shared times with each other. Well, and understanding, you know, we do have a God who comes to bind up the brokenhearted. And when you lose someone, there's a brokenheartedness that people want to be understood, you know? And I remember, you know, dad passed away in November, 2020. And it was just a hard year because there was a lot of grief. Like I lost two friends, I lost dad, and then I lost another one that was like Mm -hmm. my dad all within three months of each other. And I remember that ambush grief because my dad had been on 72 mission trips. And everyone, he always brought us back coffee. Like wherever he went, he always brought coffee. And I remember opening the freezer, I have some from Columbia. And I just had a moment where I just burst into tears, you know. So let yourself have that because God does come Mm -hmm. to bind up the brokenhearted. Well, my prayer for every one of us and everyone listening is that we will embrace the reality of God's great mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Whatever season we are in, Christ is our hope. He never, ever 
changes and we can depend on him. And I encourage you ladies to just go after Jesus. Absolutely. And discover the abundance of riches that we have in him. Leslie, would you close us in prayer? Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you are a God of seasons, God, and that there's a time for everything and a time for every season under the sun, a time to laugh and a time to cry, and that you're the God who walks us through those seasons. And so I just pray right now for every woman listening, whatever season she is in, God, I pray she will remember she is not alone and that she has a God who loves her with an everlasting love. And so I pray she will feel your peace and your comfort in this season that she is in. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen.